First Kings chapter number 10. Let me, just like I did last week, let me read from my iPad. Huh? Wait a minute, hit the wrong button. All right, here we go. Kevin Lowe made a comment uh, later on after the service over last week that, uh, well, he started out with his iPad, then he used his Bible, said, I don't think he knows how to flip the page on the iPad. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. <laughs> but it's, it's not comfortable for me to say, and the Word of God says it's a lot better to <laughs> use this Bible to do that. All right. See, now I turned it like that, and then it went wrong. There it is right there. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove Solomon with difficult questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great entourage with camels that bear spices and gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all of her difficult questions. There was not anything hid from the king, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom, all the house that he had built, the meat at his table, the sitting of his servants, the attendance of the ministers, the way they were dressed, his cupbearers, and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, it was a true report that I heard in my own land of your acts and of all of your wisdom. Howbeit, I believed not the words until I came and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceeds the fame which I heard. Today's sermon is the half has not been told. God, I am believing, and I give you praise for this in advance, Lord, that everything that you want accomplished here in this place and in this house would be accomplished in the lives of every person that's here. In Jesus' name, amen. I like that it says, well, let me phrase it another way. It does not say this. The fame of Solomon concerning his great basketball skills. Nor does it say we heard about the fame of Solomon concerning his stamp collection. Or we heard about the fame of Solomon concerning his golfing ability. Doesn't say anything like that. The Queen of Sheba said, I've heard about the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. I like that. When she thought of Solomon, she thought of the Lord God because they were connected. The Queen of Sheba and her entourage made the difficult journey it may have took weeks, it may have took months for her to get to her homeland, and one of the things that she wanted to do was to test Solomon with three riddles. You cannot find this in the Bible. This is in a lot of ancient Jewish texts, and Josephus, I believe, talks about this as well. Here was the first riddle that she put toward King Solomon. I want you to take a golden goblet you are to fill it with water. 
You cannot fill it from water, neither from, the, from a man or from a woman or from a boy or a girl. Neither can you receive the water from heaven above or earth beneath. Solomon immediately called for a horse and a rider. He told that rider how far to ride out and spare not and do it as fast as you can and when you hit that place, turn around and ride back. And when that horse got back, with sweat covering that horse, Solomon put that goblet underneath that horse, and men started taking the sweat off of that horse, and it was just filling up that goblet on the bottom side where all of that sweat was coming to a point and dripping into that cup. The next riddle that she put towards Solomon, she had brought 12, indiv 12 children. They all looked identical one to another. Their hair was cut the same, the same height, the same body weight. They were dressed the same. And he was to determine which were the six boys and which were the six girls. Solomon told them to go out and play for 30 minutes and then come back in. When they come back in, the six dirtiest ones, he said, those are your boys. The last riddle that she put toward King Solomon was this. What are the seven that issue? The nine that waits. The two that offer drink and the one that drinks. Here was Solomon's quick response. Seven that issue are the seven days of a woman's cycle. The nine that waits are the nine months of pregnancy. The two that offer drink are the breast, and the child is the one who drinks. The queen of Sheba had heard about the fame, the wisdom, the excellence the understanding of King Solomon, but she had to see it herself. Solomon had taken the products of Israel, and I won't, get, I won't play inside baseball here, and I won't talk about things that I know you're not interested in, although it really interests me about the historical aspects of how King Solomon rose Israel to the prominence that they had during the golden age of Solomon. But I will tell you this. He did use three main things. They are these, wine, oil, and honey. He exported them, and because of that, it made Israel rich beyond belief. Solomon had fleets of ships that would travel. Some would travel a year and return. Some would travel three years and return. And it was here to where they brought everything back. And the queen of Sheba had said, I have heard of the elephants. I have heard of the peacocks. I have heard of all these things. And now I have seen them with my own eyes. She saw the famous horses of Egypt that King Solomon had purchased. She saw Solomon's house that it took 14 years to build. Frank Taylor would have made a fortune on that deal. <laughs> Solomon's temple that it took a hundred, listen to this, he employed 180,000 men 
to build Solomon's temple at today's estimated value of $120 billion with a B. And she sees all of this. And the spirit is just, it just, she's just overwhelmed. The half has not been told. She sees flowers that she never seen before, and I will add, that are still there to this day because Solomon had them brought in to Israel. And Israel still has those flowers today. She hears the greatest singers that she had ever heard. She tastes food that is so delectable. Isn't that the word they always use on any radio commercial? Delectable. So delicious. She sees the joy that's in the faces of all of Solomon's servants. And she says, I heard about it, but the half hasn't even been told of everything that I had heard. Let me tell you something. I have, over the last two or three years, mentioned my mother in numerous sermons and I've had people tell me, not just in this church, but in other churches that have told me, we appreciate the stories that you tell about your mom and your grandma. We appreciate those. But can I tell you all the stories that I've told about my mom, the half has not been told. My mom, her idea was, let's work and get this thing done. Let's do it. Let's do it now. Let's don't wait. Wait what's broke down the bridge. Do it. Let's get it done. My dad tells the story of mom back in the day before cell phones. And I, seen, I seen somebody the other day. They had a chain, and they was, they was pulling a pickup truck. And I thought, man, you don't hardly ever see that anymore. And back when I was growing up, you seen that every week. <laughs> every week. And dad's truck broke down. He had called mom to come out and, and bring a chain and want to pull him into where they lived. He had to walk across two miles or wherever to get a phone, of course, because there's no cell phone. And mom finally gets there. He hooks up the, the, onto the bumper and onto the bumper of mom's vehicle and onto the bumper of his truck. And he says, Iris, and, then mom, and dad was telling me this story uh, uh, after it happened. He goes, I don't know, Mark. Maybe she thought that I told her to start at 40 miles an hour, but I told her to, to at least get it up to 40 miles an hour because when she sped out of there, she threw gravel and it jerked the bumper of my truck right off. And I watched her as that bumper dangling in the back on the road as it went over the hill and out of sight. And 10 minutes later, she comes back with that bumper in the trunk and with a look on her face. <laughs> I read a few weeks ago Psalms, uh, in Psalms chapter 88, and David was talking about the land of forgetfulness. And I thought when I read that, that's what my mom had toward me, thank God. The land of forgetfulness. The land of forgetfulness. Iris, was Mark a good boy? Oh, yes. 
Well, then why is she with me all the time? She lived in the land of forgetfulness when it came to her children. Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bear in my body the marks of Irish shell. Mom chose to forget when I shot my brother in the head with a BB gun. She'd say, oh, Mark was a good boy. Mom chose to forget when I hit Greg in the head with a rock. I'm telling you, as a kid, his head was huge. It didn't matter. You just throw it at him and hit him right in the head. But we're, traveling, we're going from grandma's house to mom and dad's, and he's throwing, throwing rocks at me. I mean, we're on the gravel road. That's 30 years ago. I still live on a gravel road. <laughs> Wayne County. Yeah, 30 years later, I still live on a gravel road. No, that would have been 40. Good night. <laughs> 40 years ago. Oh, I'm getting old. Can't even remember how many years ago it was. And he was throwing rocks at me, and I said, Greg, quit it. And one... It hit off, the, hit off the road and hit me in the ankle. And man, I picked up a rock that was just perfect. It, I mean, David couldn't have chose a rock better than this. And he jumped off in the weeds, and I just took a guess where he was, and I threw that thing as hard as I could. It sounded like it hit off a concrete block. And he jumped up and went like that, and blood was just everywhere. And he took off running, and I tackled him. <laughs> and I took him to Alice Shell's house, and if she still remembers this, because it's been 40 years ago, I took him to Alice Shell's house and said, Alice, you've got to clean him up. And she had him in the sink and washing that blood off, and he's, Mom! Mom! And I think, man, if she finds out about this, But will you ever ask her, oh, Mark, he was a good boy. He was a good boy. I remember one night I disappointed Mom so bad. And she had whipped me so hard. And it was probably 2 or 3 o'clock at night, and I couldn't sleep, and I was laying in there. And I had, I had disappointed her. And I got up, and I went over, and I knocked on her bedroom door, and the moment I knocked on her door, she said, come in, Mark. And to this day, I remember kneeling down at her bed and telling her how sorry I was. And she said, I know you are, and I forgive you. She never spoke about it again. And David said that about God, that because of God's forgiveness, I live in the land of forgetfulness. If you had asked her, she would say, Mark was a good boy. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43, 
I will blot out your transgressions. Now listen to this. And this is God speaking. And for my sake will not remember your sins. It's a good thing to forgive. For your sake. That's what God does. These people want to hang on to everything. That person done me. Preacher, you just don't know how that person done me wrong, and I'll never forget it. You are putting yourself in a prison. God himself says, I forgive and forget it for my sake. And God's saying that's how you ought to live. Isaiah 32, 1. There's a hiding place from the wind. Another place said he shall cover he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. My mom was a hiding place for me. I would walk into her house, and I felt secure. And I felt warmth. I walk into her house now, and I no longer feel that, because mom's not there. I gathered around my mom for strength. I want people to be able to gather around me for strength. That song, I'll Be There, young people, your mom will always be there even when she's not. Every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, the Spirit of God pointed this out to me about two or three months ago. I see it every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning. Little kids clinging on to mom as they walk out of here. Clinging on to mom. Holding on to mom as they're, as they're leaving out of here. What your mom teaches you will cling to you the rest of your life. Abe Lincoln said, my mother's prayers have clung to me all of my life. <laughs> this really has very little to do with this message, but something happened to me a few Sunday nights ago. C.J. Snyder, he come up to me. He goes to Centralia Branch. What is, he, what is he now, senior? Senior in high school. And he told me, he said, Mark, I've been, I've been teaching my dad proper English. And, you know, I didn't know where he was going to go with it, but the moment I hear that, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever, big deal. That's not important to me. It should be, I guess. I speak to people every, every week. But he said, yeah, I've been trying to teach my dad proper English. And he said, and then every Sunday morning he watches you preach and you undo everything I've done <laughs> all week long. Singers, and we got the best singers around here. I mean, we just do. Singers, you singers. You can do the best you can possibly do and the half has not been told. Jane Meyer can get up here and 
she looks, I mean, not only, she looks like a star when she's up here, right? I mean, come on, she does. You know, and she does a great job playing this and does an awesome job. She could give her all, and it, and it this is just, this just how it is. Give her all at this, and the half has not been told. Every guitar player that we have, they can do their best, and the half has not been told about who Jesus really is. The drummers can do their best, and the half has not been told. The lead singers can, can hit a home run when they're singing, and the half has not been told. This preacher can preach, and this is just, how, this is just my world. I preach a sermon that I think is just a big old, I've just, my God, I laid an egg. Or I can think I preached a sermon that just rates right up there. Best sermon I ever preached. Either or, the half has not been told. The Lord Jesus fills up the heavens of heavens. The Lord Jesus cannot be fully mapped out on who he is. Could we with ink the ocean fill and the sky of parchment made and every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the whole contain the scroll, though stretched from sky to sky. The half has not been told. The hallelujah chorus can be sang, and afterwards the half has not been told of who our Lord Jesus really is. The half has not been told. Every Sunday school teacher, and thank God for you, you can do your very best, but the half has not been told. The wonders of heaven, preachers can preach about it, but the half has not been told. The joy of salvation can be explained, but the half has not been told. Saved by grace can be preached, but the half has not been told. And the love of God can be shared, but the half has not been told. Well, preacher, that kind of stuff, it's good for uneducated people. It's good for smart people, too. Well, that's good for people who don't have anything. It's good for rich people, too. God came for us all. And no matter what preacher tries to expound on who Jesus is, and what Jesus has for your life, and what eternity is going to be like, the half has not been told. And when the queen of Sheba that day thousands of years ago made that trek to see King Solomon, and she finally said, the half has not been told. Jesus said this, a greater than Solomon's here, speaking about himself, and the half has not been told. No preacher, no amount of songs, no amount of works, no amount of accomplished literature, nothing can fully explain and tell what Jesus is, who he is, and what he has done. The half has not been told. The most magnificent building structure that we could go to today and see as a church, we could go to Westminster Abbey, 
and it wouldn't even compare to what heaven's going to be like. The half has not been told. Bow your heads, please. Lord, once again, I know someone could have done a far better job, but Lord, I've got to wonder, does that really matter? Because no matter how a person can paint it, no matter what kind of word pictures they could describe, the half has not been told. When we one day will see your majesty, your glory, your strength, then, then it will make sense. But like the Queen of Sheba said about Solomon, the half has not been told. Like I have said about Iris Shell, the half has not been told. Like I say today, and millions of Christians say concerning the Lord Jesus and his magnificence, the half has not been told. But Lord, in the part that we know and the part that we can tell, we want to do our utmost for his highest. Lord, the first people here this morning on this Mother's Day, without Jesus Christ near and dear into their life, I am believing, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, you're going to do something that no man can do. You're going to do something that no woman can do. You're going to do something, God, that there's not a person on earth can do. You're going to... You're going to knock upon that heart. You're going to pull those, those heart strings, and they're going to know, I need Jesus in my life today. In your name we ask and pray. Amen. I want you to remain seated and keep your head bowed just for a moment. I'm going to count to 10. And on 10, man, we're going to give you the opportunity of opportunities to respond to this one who is greater than Solomon. Greater than Solomon in all of his glory, the Lord Jesus is. I want to give you a chance to respond to that. One, if you're here, you've heard this sermon. You may have heard other sermons. You've heard sermons far better than this sermon, but you've never responded. Two, the Spirit of God deals with your heart. You've been blessed of God even to live your life, to draw air, to breathe. Three, God gives you health. God gives you family. God gives you a conscience. Four. But for whatever reason, maybe stubbornness, maybe rebellion, maybe your sin, you've not responded. Five. You're here and you hear this preacher today, and you maybe heard me in the past, but today something a little bit different. Six. Spirit of God's dealing with your heart for you to be able to respond and you're going to stand today where you're at. Seven, we want to give you that opportunity. I'm not going to try to drag you down to the altar. I'm not going to try to make you do something you don't want to do. God's big enough to deal with your heart. Eight, as God by his spirit speaks and knocks, it's up to you to open that door and respond.
nine. And on this next number, when I say it, if you're here and you mean business with God and today on Mother's Day, you want Jesus Christ to be your savior, what I want you to do is to stand where you're at. We're going to pray right where you're standing. All you have to do is stand. When I say this next number, if you want to make, mean business with God and you want to make a difference, perhaps like your mom has made a difference, you want to enjoy the, the same type of salvation she enjoyed, it's time for you to make that decision today. Are you ready? Here's the number, 10. Anybody here, you want to stand and make that decision for Jesus today. Preacher, that's kind of personal. This thing is personal. God said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you for the Father. That's what the Lord Jesus himself said. One more time. I'm a preacher, I'm not a beggar. Let's all stand. Perhaps as a Christian person, you're here you, you need something from God that only God can provide. These altars are open. Feel free to come and pray, and I'm sure that there will be someone that will come and pray with you. Come on as they sing. Everything I've known marked with my maker's fingerprints. Breathe on me, let me see your face. Whoever I will see.
500 books and they all deal with Jesus I have preached over 30 years and preached hmm, between three and four thousand times and it's always been about Jesus and he's someone that I have never personally seen I don't know how tall he is. I've kind of got in my mind what he looks like. But I've never personally seen him. But someday, I will. And everything that I've read, every message I've preached, every song I've heard about him, I'm going to know the half hadn't been told. We try our best, but the half hasn't been told. Thank God that he was willing to come to this earth, suffer, bleed, and die. But whosoever will, even a poor boy like me, could come and be saved. Thank God for that kind of grace. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.